Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 26 of Calculated Chaos. Today I'm here with Rachel Farrell, episode 2. How are you Rachel? Good, all good. Um, so I suppose, let's, uh, so we did an episode there a few months ago uh, and there's no video unfortunately, so there'll be video this time. Um, so let's kind of catch up, what's been going on in your life since last time we spoke? Yeah, so I think it was, was it August when we spoke yeah, last? So, yeah. yeah, so that would have been a month before the World Championships, the 70.3 World Championships. So things have kind of escalated since then. Um, competed and that was really happy with my performance. Um, finished 48 out of 200, mm. out of 202 I think it was actually. So um, yeah, competed again in um, Ironman Oman in February, just gone. So that was a qualifying event for the World Championships. So. Yeah. Since I'd competed in the 2019 World Championships, I was kind of gunning for the 2020 World Champs as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, got the result I was looking for, um, finished first in my age group, so that qualified me again for New Zealand, which is coming up in November. Yeah, so I suppose that's an amazing performance, isn't you can know, ranking first in your age group. But could we go back to, I know we spoke last time we spoke a lot about your training and your nutrition beforehand. Leading up to Oldman, did you change anything? Was there any major changes or... Kind of what on the lead up to this was there any difference to your previous races? Um, not really, to be honest. I just kind of tried to keep a clean diet. Um, yeah. It wasn't like very, very strict. Like I still had like you know like treats and all that. I wasn't like completely psycho about my diet, but yeah. um, kind of stuck to the same structure. I was kind of matching calories. So whatever I um, spent through exercise, I just took it in again through food. Yeah. I just tried to focus on eating healthy foods, and that was it, really. Yeah. Because um, I saw you, you did a good few early mornings and stuff. I saw in your story you've been so maybe talk through one in, you know a day in the life leading up to maybe Omen. So Omen was the end of February. So up until Christmas I stayed at home. So I was doing all my training at home, and then come January I went over to back to Oman um, yeah. to kind of climatize to work again as a teacher and to climatize for the race. So I suppose the two different um, the two different um, what we, locations was like. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm fine. gone. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna have to cut that bit. Yeah, that's fine. What was I trying to say? The you two see, different. So you're talking about like acclimatizing to their training. So how both how two locations affected your training? Oh yeah, two locations. So obviously the training in Ireland was like it really toughened me up. Like you'd be getting up on dark, gloomy mornings. It was raining. It'd be icy. It'd be just dull. Like so. I found that training really hard mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of had to go out and get it done. So going back over to Oman then in January was like a treat. Mm-hmm. It was just, I literally just lived the dream. Like I have lots of friends over there who were training for the event as well. So we could all train together. The roads were perfect. The sun mm-hmm. was shining. Um, so I think, yeah, there was a big um, difference. And did you, um, did you, did it take you long to acclimatise the heat? Because obviously you're going from the middle of winter over here, it being not very nice to being over there. Well, like what's the normal temperature over there? 25, 26 degrees. Yeah, like, so yeah. did you take you long to acclimatise? Like, did you struggle with the heat? And is there any actually elevation in Oman at all? Or? Um, there was a little bit of elevation, um, but I suppose in comparison to home, it wouldn't have been much. Okay. Like it was quite similar in that sense. Yeah. Didn't take me too long to climatise really. No. Um, like I was well settled within a week. I think the fact that oh, wow. I lived there last year yeah. definitely, definitely helped. Like, um, So yeah, no, I was fortunate in that sense. It wasn't a huge change for me. Okay, that's good. Because... You you went over what was it five weeks before your race was it or um, seven weeks seven weeks seven okay weeks, yeah. so you had a good time to acclimatize exactly and yeah. um, and I in the meantime I know last time we were talking about sponsors and stuff you have a few sponsors on board now yeah thankfully like I've been actually really fortunate like a good few people have helped me out so um, backballer yeah um, Noel down in Shannon he was really supportive he got on 
got on to me like straight away when I messaged him. So he supplied me with um, a back baller, which is great for recovery. Yeah. Obviously, that's badly needed when you're doing intense sessions. Um, also, Alan in the Help Plus store in Abigate Street has supplied me with protein um, mm. since the summer, which, again, every little helps. Like, obviously, yeah. you're going through so much protein um, each month. So yeah. that's a huge help. And also, I'm on board now with Spin11, their bike clothing company in Dublin. Nice. So they actually supplied me with a kit to race in, um, casual wear, and also bike wear. So Very it's been nice. brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah. That's no, great. Yeah. It's, good, it's good to see those recognition towards Exactly, yeah. Like, and it's benefit for everybody, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Because obviously, your, your performances are really, you, are, you know, you can't see climb up the ranks so like yeah. over time it's great for them to be associated with you and in turn then it helps make your life a little bit easier because obviously doing triathlons I can, I can imagine it could be quite expensive you know there oh, is a crazy like the cost yeah. is insane like yeah between I'd say imagine between equipment food you know supplements and everything you know and then any other extra equipment you know like the like you know the foam rollers and stuff like with back yeah. and stuff um and did you just reach out to them or did they reach out to you or what? I actually reached out to them. So yeah, reached out to Backballer and reached out to Alan, the Helpless store. I had been in um, Spin 11 just buying a kit in the summer and then uh, Gary in Spin 11 actually reached out to me when he realised nice. I was racing in Oman. Yeah. I think they kind of wanted to branch out a little bit. So Claire. I kind of thought it was a joke. I was like, did he mean to send this message to me? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was I was buzzing. I was really happy like this again it's such an expensive sport like yeah yeah, yeah. i can imagine so yeah even uh, in like transition when you were dropping your bike in and oh man like looking around at all the bikes like definitely there were bikes there up on eight nine grand like wow and when you compare my like bike to them you're like oh god yeah <laughs> where do i even start like <laughs> well see clearly performance and how it work kind of helped yeah, you out yeah. it didn't like you know equipment isn't always everything but yeah obviously they're eight, nine grand bikes, I say, they weigh absolutely nothing and just... Oh, absolutely, like, they're proper racing bikes. But I suppose it just shows you you can make do with what you have, like, so... Yeah, no, you clearly perform, it didn't hinder your performance anyway. Yeah, thankfully, not this <laughs> time anyway. <laughs> and, um, and right now, so I remember we were talking before, kind of, like, the idea of maybe being a full-time triathlete was kind of maybe a little bit further away, but is that maybe a little more... Because, obviously, second world championships and everything, you're aiming towards New Zealand now... Is it a little bit more kind of in the kind of peripheral that maybe being a full-time athlete could be an option or do you want to step away from your full-time, you know, your other um, job? It would be class, like if I was ever, if if I was offered um, the opportunity to do that tomorrow, I'd 100% accept it. Yeah. But I think as a teacher, I'm quite lucky. Um, obviously, I'm on career break this year, but I have been working as a teacher, but I do have the time to train. Like yeah. you can fit in a session in the morning before school and also in the evening. So yeah. I'm quite lucky in that I have time, but again, in saying that, if I was offered the opportunity, I would grab it, like, yeah. for sure. Um, but it is nice to kind of keep a kind of realistic lifestyle as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I suppose in Oman, I kind of had a taste of that pro life, not, not, not as if I was, like, training like a pro or anything like that, but yeah. kind of got an idea of what, a full -time athlete it, is like, what it could be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely... Yeah, okay. And... Um, like you've played a lot of sports over the, over the years like you've done your swimming you did your badminton like what was it about triathlons that really have pulled you in like what do you think it is yeah it's funny like i thought that i loved badminton and i yeah. love swimming which i did but like i've never experienced like passion for a sport like i do with yeah. triathlon i think with um the likes of swimming and badminton you can kind of be pulled along it's kind of a team sport you can kind of just be dragged through like yeah. not that I was dragged through but it's just easier to kind of go along with it yeah, but yeah. with triathlon and Ironman you just kind of need to be self-driven and mm. I think that suits me um yeah 
I, I don't really know what it is. I can't pinpoint it. We were actually chatting about that um, last week. Mm. Um, there's just something about it. Yeah. I just love the kind of having to dig deep and having to really, really like just go right down to the bottom of your tummy to dig for those yeah. um, extra hard sessions. No, definitely. Because like, obviously like we met through CrossFit and I saw you doing the badminton and the swimming and everything. And I've never seen you driven like this. Never seen yeah. you like absolutely you know, pinpoint focus. Because obviously you're doing badminton, you're doing CrossFit at the same time. You're doing both of them kind of. But no, that's really, really interesting. And then working towards the World Championships now. So kind of... Your World Championships are in October or November? Uh, November, 28th of November. Yeah. 28th of November, so you have a good few months. So mm-hmm. what's your plan now? So you're only, you're only a few weeks back, you're only a couple weeks back from Oman. Just two weeks back, yeah, from Oman. So what's it been like? Have you just What have you been doing over the last couple of weeks? So since then, I've just kind of been obviously celebrating and just like yeah. kind of <laughs> tipping away exercise-wise, like exercise-wise, haven't really been doing any heavy sessions or anything like that. Yeah. I've kind of been told it's far too soon to start training. Yeah. Um. So I think it's 38 weeks like until New Zealand so way too soon so I'd say probably come May I'll start training so up until then I'll just kind of tip away kind of maintain my fitness yeah. um, kind of thing and then I'd, I'd be kind of hopefully looking into getting a proper coach um, yeah. so up until now I've been taking advice from my friends who've raced and have like years of experience and that's like been fantastic and yeah. served me really really well but I'm kind of curious to try out um, working with a coach and mm. see kind of what the difference would be in yeah. kind of getting that regular feedback and just a really structured program. So mm. that's kind of on the cards. I'm just kind of researching about different coaches now at the moment. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, have you been making all your training, like you've been making your training routine up until now? Like, have you, have you made your own routine? So for Oman 2020, yeah, it's been kind of doing my own thing. You just but, made it up yourself. Yeah, but with a lot of advice really from guidance. friends. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah, not just exactly. randomly. But, exactly, yeah. But there's no coach telling you no no there was no real structure like i was fortunate to be surrounded by like people who have raced for years and like cyclists and runners so it was all kind of random bits of information but again in saying that i'd love to get a particular ironman coach or a particular triathlon coach that could just give me all of it yeah you know because it's quite um overwhelming when different people are telling you different things and maybe someone else's views would um contradict contradict someone else's yeah so that's kind of where i'm at at the moment so I'll probably try out a coach for maybe three or four months and see how I get on. If I, if I find it really good, I'll stick with them. And if not, I'll just go back and do my own thing again. And how does it work? Just for anyone, because obviously myself as well. If you have a coach, that coach travel with you to the competition? Or do you like, is it kind of like, I've given you everything, you, you just kind of go off and do your own thing? Yeah, now? it's more so like that. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Although I had a friend in Oman that had a coach and he was from Spain and he actually traveled to the race with him and he was kind of like running up and down alongside him on the run. But I think that I don't think many coaches would actually do that, yeah, do yeah, that yeah, like yeah. they couldn't afford to. That's not the norm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, so and through kind of racing in Oman and stuff, anyone you kind of met that you went, wow, like I can't believe I raced alongside them. I know you're talking about a couple of people you kind of idolize. Have you? And embrace one of those people yet, or will you end up bracing those people? Or um, yeah, so Natasha Badman, she's actually a former pro triathlete, so yeah. she's raced in Kona, which is like the pinnacle of Ironman. Um, she actually raced in Oman, so obviously I came out of the swim. I was really happy with that. I was first, I think, first female out of the water, so that meant I was kind of in the lead for quite a lot of the bike. Yeah. So I was on the bike, and I think it was maybe like twenty kilometers in. And next thing, Natasha Badman passed me out. I was like, oh my god, like is yeah. that like? the former pro triathlete and she was just so cheerful really smiley like you know sometimes you come across athletes and they're just yeah yeah, yeah, tunnel vision focused. yeah yeah but she was real friendly she was waving she was saying well done keep it up 
so that like actually gave me the goosebumps and to even chat to her after was just amazing because yeah. like, I raced she was in she raced in Oman last year as well like but she was way out of view like I couldn't even see her but yeah she was quite close to me she this year. You were so. out of the water before her. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's a really strong biker. I actually think she had the fastest bike split in Oman this year. Oh, so wow. Even just to see her near me, I was like, oh my God, this yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, because last year she was so far ahead Yeah, heavy. yeah. And the fact that she was just such a nice person, like really, really kind of hit home. I kind of, we're all human at the end of the day. There was no reason for anyone to be standing up on a pedestal, you know, yeah, when you're that yeah. good. No egos involved? No, not at all, not at all. And is there much... Because obviously, like, try, like Ironmen and stuff don't get a lot of media attention. You know, they're kind of doing the Ironmans and stuff in triathlons. And do... Is there many, like, egotistical people that, like, in the sport, they're like, oh, I'm the, I'm the best, you know? But, like... Because I feel like a, lot, like a lot of the time, let's say, like, some McGregor and stuff, when cameras start shining down, egos start coming up because yeah, fame comes in. But obviously, with people that do triathlons, there isn't as much media attention. So... Is there many kind of egos in the sport or is it kind of... Do you know, there's actually not. I have not come across one person that's yeah. like overly confident. I really haven't. Yeah. Genuinely haven't. Like there's absolutely amazing athletes over in Oman. Like even a lot of my friends would be top class. Like and they're so down to earth and so helpful yeah. and so knowledgeable. Like they're... Yeah. yeah no, not at all. Yeah, because actually I found that more with individual sports that like in a lot of cases where there isn't a lot of media attention, let's say jiu-jitsu being the same, as in like something where you have to really dig down in yourself and really like in the depth, you know, as like you said, like some sessions where you have to really pull everything out just to get through it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there isn't as much media attention, I find like there's not as much egos involved. But, um, and then start training in May, Coach-wise, you look for a coach in Galway. Would you go back to Oman to find a coach or what? Um, a lot of the coaches are online, and I know that can kind of be controversial. You're like, how can somebody train you online? Yeah. But um, I've heard quite good reviews about two guys, so I'm kind of looking into them, okay. just trying to get more reviews from them or friends that have gone to them. So yeah, it would probably be an online coach. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you want to feed your information back and that's it exactly. The, like especially for an individual sport, and you got to where you are right now no one needs to hold your hand I exactly yeah and i wouldn't like that either like I, yeah. like do you know all i want really is a bit of guidance and obviously if you have an online coach they're constantly reviewing your workouts there's like a platform called training peaks so they they can see your heart rate they can see all your your metrics like so yeah. it's pretty much the same thing and obviously you'd have like a, a phone call every couple of days like so mm. i think it suits everybody like we're all busy do you know nobody wants to be sitting down every single day with with their coach no. or anything like that well i certainly don't anyway so <laughs> <laughs> um and how is it being back like how has it been being back in ireland you know kind of you know kind of meeting your friends again like is it like are you going straight back into training you know as you're still training whatever but like are you going out did you celebrate much or did you kind of go oh, i'm kind of over this or yeah what? i kind of celebrated a good 10 day celebration so yeah. um that was yeah well worth it like i think I was kind of really looking forward to that. Yeah. I suppose in my friends would be quite different. So in a man, they're real active and sporty and kind of into triathlons. Um, but at home, like my friends wouldn't really be into that. So they're kind of, they're probably like, she's crazy. Yeah. But no, in saying that they're really supportive, like, and they've been so kind, like, and mm. trying to understand the, the, the reasoning <laughs> behind it, my madness. Yeah. But um, they kind of get it now. Like, cause even during the summer when I was like, so focused on training, like even after nights out and stuff, I'd have to go home and get up early. They'd be like, like she's crazy like but I think now they can kind of understand the whole thing like it's getting a little bit I suppose more serious and yeah, yeah, yeah. and um yeah because a lot of people don't understand the mind of an athlete like like going after a sport to a high level like you, it's it's like it's a road money people don't yeah. venture because because it's so difficult you know there's yeah the, like you said 
your sleep cycle and everything is so important that you can perform the next day. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. If, let's say someone goes to it has a normal job, go out late, they can get up the next morning and semi-function and work. But if you don't, if you mess your sleep cycle up, that's a couple of days of training where you could be messing around, and obviously that's ha- hampering recovery and everything. Exactly. And when you try to explain that to someone who doesn't play sport, they're like, "Well, it doesn't matter. It'll be grand." Like, yeah. Like, it's not grand. <laughs> <laughs> and. With the guys and his, so will you be back to work? You're going back to work next year. Um, yeah, that's well. I'm not actually sure. I'm kind of considering another career break. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, still un- unsure about that because obviously New Zealand will be in November, so I'd yeah. have to take off time, take time off. Sorry, um, to go there, climatize and stuff. It's yeah. Literally the other side of the world. Literally. Yeah, literally. So I probably will take another career break. Um, but yeah. it's not set in stone just yet. Yeah, and you gonna go. Is a plan after maybe do a bit of traveling because that's summertime over there. Yeah. Maybe. So actually, that'd be very intense heat wise. Because the whole man was like 25 degrees. On race day, I think it was so it was 25 degrees when I started, when I went over in January. So it gradually kind of increased almost weekly. So I think on race day, it was 29 degrees. Okay. Um, yeah, it was quite hot. Yeah. Like, like I think I was, I only spotted six other people that weren't wearing a wetsuit. Like, but for me, I found the water like perfect but yeah. the rest of the people were like it's cold yeah um but just obviously the bike was lovely because you had that little bit of wind but the run was quite hot you're you're quite exposed on the promenade there yeah um, so yeah the run was tough and would you plan on maybe doing a bit of traveling afterwards and maybe exploring that kind of part of the world definitely yeah yeah have you gone to New Zealand before i haven't no 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 no, no so def- i heard it's a lovely part of the world yeah no definitely yeah, new zealand australia beautiful part of the world but um and then so starting may and you'll train in Ireland all the way up until maybe a few weeks beforehand or what's the... Yeah, so at the moment I'm kind of uncertain about what I'm doing next. Um, so I, there's a few different, um, I suppose, opportunities in the pipeline. Um, I could go back to Oman. Yeah. So I personally can't really see myself hanging around Ireland too long. So yeah. I'll probably head off um, again and train wherever I end up. So as mm. I said, I'm not too sure. It could be Canada, it could be Oman. Yeah. Um, I have the career break from school, so... I don't really see the point in kind of hanging around. I'm not really a home bird. So, mm. yeah, I'd say probably Oman, though. Yeah. Um, I really like the heat. I have really good um, circle of friends out there, so... Yeah. And um, how did you find, like, how did you find, like... So that's in, say, in Ireland. Don't really want us to there. Is there anything else? So you say Canada maybe is another spot you'd like to explore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I think it's just the weather that's kind of um, appealing to me with regards to Oman. Yeah. Like obviously it's hot weather, that's great for training. And yeah, again, good circle of friends. I have a good job over there. So yeah, I suppose if you're cold, it kind of makes way. most sense really. And then obviously if I'm, if I'm teaching over there, I have the two months off at summer. Um, yeah. So I could explore, travel then. or Yeah, definitely advance being a teacher. Yeah. And yeah. would you advise... So let's say someone who's considering teaching, let's say athletics as well, definitely would you advise teaching is a good career to go if you're trying to do, balance being an, uh, like a high-level athlete and having a full career, you'd advise teaching is probably a good way to go about it, is it? Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, you're just so blessed with the holidays, like, yeah. absolutely blessed, and the work hours, like... And again, you can incorporate a lot of that, th- those kind of sporting activities within the school day, like, because kids are so interested in sport, and sport is just essential for children like an exercise in general so mm. you can bring part of your passion into the classroom with you um just kind of educating children on the sports that are out there like triathlon a lot of children wouldn't have heard of triathlon no. um so again it can all tie together yeah and um 
media wise why do you think um triathlons haven't really fucking fully taken off in the media yet? why do you think it's not as big as let's see other sports do you know what i don't really know um I'm not sure why, like, yeah, as you, like, you wouldn't hear much about it at all, like, travel no. in Ireland, but they're, they're, they're quite different to the Ironman, they only kind of focus on, like, you know, the shorter distance kind of stuff. Yeah. Ironman, there's not much media at all, like, no. it's more of a thing in, kind of, America and Canada, I think. Yeah. Is, sports, is there funding from the Sports Council in Ireland for doing Ironmans? No, there's not. No. no. There's no funding. Not that I know of, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that you've been privy to it. No, no. Because, um... So is it a registered sport then? Like, is it like do they recognise it as a sport? As a sport? I actually haven't a clue. Yeah, I really no. don't know, to be honest. No, just because conversations been up a lot about MMA with the Irish Sports Council. Yeah. They don't recognise it, so all the amateur athletes don't get funding from all the Irish athletes don't get funding from the state in MMA. That's hence oh, why I asked okay. the question. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's just it's very relevant in my mind right now that yeah. I've heard it on the podcast. But no, I didn't realize because I don't know anyway. Hopefully, I didn't say anything wrong there, but I I don't think it is. Not that you not that you've not been that made I aware of. of any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, you didn't say anything wrong there. Um, yeah, it's maybe something to maybe do a bit of research into because, yeah, like, because sure. obviously, like, if you're if you're going to world champions and stuff, and you're obviously you're an Irish, you're an Irish athlete, you know, definitely there could be access to funding there. I don't, I don't know, the, yeah. something to inquire about. Something anyway, definitely need to look into. It. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because obviously, like, we, like we talked about at the beginning, like being an athlete and eating clean, like it's a lot. It's not cheaper to eat dirt food than yeah. it is to eat clean food. It's unreal, like healthy food, especially over in Oman. Like it's really hard. Oh, to, really? It's to get fresh fruit and vegetables it's actually quite hard like yeah 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 and obviously way more expensive okay and um with regards to diet do you just do the kind of the common sense like obviously you're checking the calories and stuff but do you kind of go just common sense on it like you... yeah yeah it's like nothing too strict i'm kind of trying to live a little as well like i don't really want to be one of those crazy people that like track every single thing they eat yeah, yeah i think that would take the joy out of it all of course i think it's more lifestyle changes so like just do you know Drink plenty of water. Yeah. Um, get your five portions of fruit and veg a day. Yeah. Um, lots of protein, lots of carbs. Obviously, on heavy training days. So of course. Again, like I, I'm sure there's loads, loads of room for improvement there with regards yeah. to nutrition wise. But I'm just kind of working off common sense, really. And would you? And I suppose if you work with a coach, they might narrow that down slightly. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like I would be quite interested to know like what what exact macros I should be following yeah. on a daily basis because at the moment I'm just kind of following a high protein and high carb diet yeah will you need the high carb yeah like, for sure so like I think that's the right thing to do but yeah it'd be it'd be great to get some advice on that as well from a coach yeah no absolutely because you know obviously in a game like that like you know small differences with the guards nutrition and training can make a huge difference on yeah. those day. obviously other than the equipment and stuff but you know, I say over time you'll slowly but surely. And have you like have you progressed your equipment much since you started from the beginning? Um, I have and I haven't. Like with regards to the bike, there like I could make huge progressions in the bike. Like even a set of wheels, like the the wheels I have there are aluminium wheels. But I think if I had a set of carbon wheels, that would make a huge difference just yeah. speed wise. And then the next upgrade then would be like a proper racing bike. Mm. So I haven't really made um, any kind of drastic changes um equipment wise um yeah. wetsuit i don't actually have a wetsuit i borrowed a wetsuit for the world champs and like i just felt so restricted in it it wasn't a very good quality one yeah so that's obviously the next thing i need to invest in as well so a good yeah. set of wheels and a proper wetsuit right okay so hopefully the irish sports council will do have fun yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so they you're talking about like maybe 1500 euro minimum there yeah for, for those two and that's if they don't change the body on the bike at all yeah but it just shows you what can be done, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
is it like is that really is that, is that this was that's a necessity in sport as in like if you really wanted to at least lead level all these little changes make a huge difference yeah for sure like especially the bike like literally yeah. nearly actually i'd say 80 percent of the bikes you know you know man like yeah were tt bikes which are racing bikes like okay like and that road bike has served me really well like it's a great bike but mm. i think just in comparison to what i could be racing on it would like if i had a tt bike it would make a huge difference yeah and then for kind of your downtime and stuff what are you what are you kind of doing to kind of take your mind off of racing or does your mind ever come off of racing um yeah it does it definitely does come off like um just kind of regular stuff like chilling out with friends yeah going for walks going to the cinema yeah things just, like that it's still like i still live a very normal life like you know yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just your average average girl from galway <laughs> always triathlete uh, you know you're you know, you're a normal girl from galway uh, definitely what you're doing is not normal like it, what you're doing is phenomenal performances and actually for anyone who wants to know what uh, what were your times in the in oman so um for the swim so it was 1.9 swim my swim time was 26 or 26.50 I think 26 minutes 50 seconds and how far was that? Uh, 1.9 kilometres okay wow yeah then the bike was 2 hours 40 minutes and that was for a 90 kilometre bike yeah and then my run was a half marathon 148 148 1 hour 40 minutes yeah, yeah. wow that's fast well yeah I wasn't actually quite happy with the run to be honest so really? I kind of achieved my targets for the swim and the bike but yeah. the run I just I'm not too sure what happened like I didn't hit a wall or anything but just in the first kilometre, I could kind of sense that it just didn't feel right. Yeah. So instead of kind of pushing myself and working towards the pace that I had planned to run at, I just stuck at what felt comfortable on the day. Yeah. And I suppose I kind of knew I was in the lead in my age group, so I didn't really feel that much pressure on me to kind of force myself to run a little bit faster. Yeah. So again, I was quite comfortable um, in running at that pace. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's covered everything. Is there anything else you want to plug or anything you want to mention before? Um, no, I think that's everything. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks a um, million for having me. No, no bother at all. And if you enjoyed the episode, please uh, subscribe down below. Are we doing public Instagram now or no public Instagram? Yeah, public Instagram. Yeah, so, so Rachel's Instagram will now be linked down below. So if you want to go follow her and follow her journey, feel free to go follow her down below. If you did enjoy the episode, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. And yeah, we will see you next week. Good night, we live.